Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Exurgat Deus Dissipentur Inimici Eius, et Fugiancio Derunteum Afacia Eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. <clears throat> For those who are politically minded, who are actually looking to fight the fight, it would be in your best interests, if you're Catholic, to learn history, the truth about history, and don't suffer the black myths that have been promulgated by Protestants. And here's why. If we're going to actually fight in the political realm, truth cannot be allowed to coexist alongside lies. I'll explain. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraesidium. Imperatili Deus, supplicis de precamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum de trude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum, miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancta Pius the fifth, pray for us. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Protestants have this tremendous misunderstanding. And this doesn't go to each of them individually, but it does go to the organizations that they choose to affiliate themselves with in the various Protestant churches. Martin Luther was a bad monk. In fact, today, 
Protestants believe things that Martin Luther himself did not. Because Martin Luther was a bad monk, but that doesn't mean that he was all that terrible at being Catholic. Nowhere in the 95 Theses does Martin Luther challenge any of the dogmas of the faith. He does challenge doctrine. He does challenge mechanisms. He does challenge the church because the church politic had fallen apart. And as a result, once he was free of the church, he made a couple of changes himself in order to accommodate some things that were his own pet projects. But the reality is, is that he should have actually just left the monastery and stayed in the church. Did he see things that were terribly wrong? Yes, absolutely. Nobody's arguing that. But to hold him up as some sort of paragon of virtue, some sort of paragon of truth, some sort of paragon of justice, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And those who followed behind him made it worse. Protestantism opened the door for what we have today. The things that are going on in the, in the country today, that door was opened by Protestantism. You want to decry communism? Communism is a child of Protestantism. It's a grandchild. Communism is a child of Freemasonry. Freemasonry is a child of Protestantism. Because by stepping away from the church... We had to find other ways to do things. There was no proper formation of men, and so they created the Freemasons. When you would have had proper formation of men if you'd have just stayed in the church. But you stepped out from under her protection, and over time, About 150, about 150, 200 years, you get the Freemasons. About 100 years after that, you get communism and socialism and Nazism and all of those things sprouted out. And they would not have been permitted to sprout out had those Protestants who felt that they weren't getting what they needed to get in the Catholic Church would have actually dug into the history, dug into the traditions, dug into the faith, and they would have found it. Well, the church was practicing simony. Well, that's funny, because the people in the church who were practicing simony had been previously condemned by the church. You don't need a new set of rules when the rules actually still apply. What you have to do is you have to get the people who stopped enforcing the rules out and put people who will enforce the rules back into place. And in order to do that, you cannot do that without prayer and without penance. People are talking about, well, we need to get politically active. Okay, yes, I say the same thing. We need to become active in public. We need to show the people who are pushing all of this nonsense, all of this garbage, all of this evil and wickedness, we need to show them that we will not tolerate it. 
that we will not be tolerant. We will not be accepting or condoning. We will not do those things. But to pretend that these quote-unquote great reformers of the church did anything other than destroy the church is a lie. And they've been working in a concerted effort to destroy the church for 500 years. Everything that you're looking for, all of the peace, all of all of the peace, all of the virtue, all of all of the things that you are looking for in your life. Holy Mother Church has in spades and has had for 1960 years. There are no Padre Pios in Protestantism. There are no St. Teresa of Avila's in Protestantism. There are no St. Teresa of Lusso's in Protestantism. There is none of that. There are no heroic Christians. And yet, for a thousand years, for 1,500 years, there were heroic, there were heroic Christians in spades. Every 500 years, there'd be a new outcropping of heroic Christians. But you know what they were? They were Catholic. You want to hold up Jan Hus? Wesley? Calvin? They were destroyers. You want to hold up Henry VIII? That lech? That syphilitic lech? <laughs> he was a destroyer. <clears throat> you want to use examples in history of great men? We've got plenty. The Cristeros, the Vendée, the Papal Zouaves. Martyrs and men of virtue, legitimate virtue, not this false narrative nonsense. And you go back to Martin Luther. Martin Luther couldn't even pray the Our Father without degenerating into curses. Martin Luther wasn't a man of virtue. If he was really a man of virtue, he would still he would have still been in the Catholic Church. Luther, Lutheranism would be a monastic order in the Catholic Church if he was a man, if he was really a man of virtue. How do I know? Cuz you got the Dominicans from St. Dominic, you got the Franciscans from St. Francis of Assisi, you've You've got the Benedictines, the Augustinians. These are all orders named after their founders. Except the Jesuits. The Jesuits, of course, are named after Jesus because St. Ignatius of Loyola knew full well that he could not do it without the holy name of Jesus. It's 
absolutely ridiculous. We've had her we've had heroic men men in the past. <clears throat> the heroic men of the past in the church founded an order that managed to grow and thrive. The Capuchins, the Cistercians, the Passionists, the Redemptorists. You can run through the list groups of people who have decided to follow one man who brought reform not just to the church but to society as a whole I want to claim Martin Luther Pfft. Martin Luther was a precursor to the Freemasons Freemasons were precursors to communists communists were precursors to the garbage that we have today and every last one of them promoted lewdness, lasciviousness, and promoted the concupiscence of the human soul. Actually, of the human body. Every one of them. Whether it was serving one's own pride, I can be more monk than the next guy. Or it was serving someone's libido, as was the creation of the Anglican church. Imagine that, an entire church created out of whole cloth. Why? Because the creator of that church wanted to have more sex. Does that sound Christian? It didn't to the other Christians. That's how you got the Puritans in the first place. But the Puritans didn't understand temperance. Not in any real sense. The counteract, the counteract to the Anglican debauchery was scrupulosity, which is where you got the Puritans, like their whole thing. Oi. You want to con confront history? Let's confront history. Bloody Mary, <clears throat> quote unquote, martyred less than one third of the Protestants as compared to the Catholics that were martyred, no quote marks on that one, by Queen Elizabeth, by good Queen Bess. Queen Elizabeth martyred three times the number of Catholics compared to the number of Protestants that were, that were killed by Bloody Mary. And Henry VIII creates, creates the Anglican Church out of whole cloth so that he himself can be both King of England and the Pope. And what does he do? In successive generations, what do they do? They go after the Catholics. Why? Because Catholics understood exactly what Henry VIII should have understood. Christ is King, and if you want to claim to be Christian, you have to follow Christ. That means, no, you don't get to divorce. No, you don't get to remarry. You fulfill your obligations as a husband and a father. Oh, but no, couldn't possibly do that, could you? <laughs> and 
Edward the Longshanks, oh, we need to be able to run our own, we need to be able to have sovereignty over the whole of our own island. Could have started by not playing Byzantine politics. Unbelievable. <clears throat> At least Longshanks' <laughs> salvation was the fact it was salvation, and I put small s salvation because <clears throat> I don't think, in all honesty, that that any king or that very many kings cross into heaven. Most of them are too busy being interested in their own selves. There are exceptions. St. Edward the Confessor. There are exceptions. If we want to actually get anywhere, you can't let the lies stand because if you let the lies stand, they'll just be pernicious and start again. They'll just begin to rebuild again. To the Protestants out there, if you're not a member of the church that Christ founded, then you're not actually in the mystical body. Take that as a rule. Are there exceptions? Probably, maybe, places. Hard to tell. But if you take that as a rule, that if you're not in the Catholic Church, and I got it, it's hard. We got a communist for Pope right now. I got it. The fun fact is, is you can then actually take the fight into where the corruption's coming from. Because the further away the Catholic Church gets, gets from the Catholic faith, and by the Catholic Church I mean the temporal, material, physical church, the further away they get from the faith, the more crazy goes on in the world. And if you've noticed, you got exactly what you wanted. You got a Catholic church that is not willing to participate in the public office. You got a church that from the, from the entirety of the hierarchy is not particularly interested in rocking the boat of the politicians. And what do you get? You got exactly what you have today. Because if the church was still standing strong against all of this craziness, you know who would not be able to get away with it? All of these people who are doing drag drag queen story hour. All of these people who are doing family-friendly drag shows. Family-friendly. What a laugh. If the church was still doing its job, you wouldn't have any of the problems that you have today. None. Or I should say, it would, would not be running as rampant as they are today. If instead of a Francis, we had a Pius X... None of this crap would be flying because all of the people would know in no uncertain terms that what they're doing is condemned. They have damned themselves by their own actions to hell. And they must, before they die, repent. Because if you die having not repented of this, you go to hell. And for all the universalist Catholics out there, the ones who are like, oh, well, hell's probably empty. No, it's not. That idea spreading into the, in, into the church has promulgated this whole craziness. 
The answer is not to try and go out and strike off and find a new faith, a new set of principles. The principles were written down. They were written down, they were passed down, they were spoken and taught for 2,000 years, uninterrupted. They're still being taught today, not by everybody in positions of power in the Catholic Church, but they are still, in fact, being taught today by Catholics. Not every bishop, in fact, it's very few. Not every priest, in fact, they are very few. But the faith is still alive, uninterrupted, for 2,000 years. You want to fix this? You get closer to that. Things that, <clears throat> things that Protestants are unfamiliar with. Concepts like self-mortification. What is self-mortification? Well, self-mortification covers a wide variety of things. Practices that deliberately humble oneself. Practices that deliberately keep oneself away from worldly things. Practices that deliberately choose when and when you should offer up some suffering to God. Choose to suffer in the small little sliver of an example of the way he suffered. Fasting, prayer, penance. And I'm not talking about sitting in front of an altar and, and putting together a, a whip you know, a bunch, of, a bunch of cords together tied with knots and whipping yourself. I'm not talking about self-flagellation. That's silly. <clears throat> That's silly for the average person to do. Because what's the first thing you're going to do? Your body's going to be like, we don't like this. <clears throat> were there saints who were able to do that? Yes, absolutely. Should you do that? Mm, maybe not without some practice. Maybe not without actually taking step-by-step step the opportunity to slowly increase this, the level of self-mortification that you're willing to put yourself through. But self-mortification also includes going to confession and confessing your sins to a priest. Which I know is probably the key thing that really, really rubs everybody the wrong way. Why should I confess my sins to a priest? Well, because, <clears throat> for one, it's humiliating. It's embarrassing. It's devastating. The first time you do it, you're terrified of it. You're like, oh my goodness, this, that, and the other. You're not trying, you're not trying to hear it. You're not trying to have it. You don't want it. To take everything that you've ever done that you're ashamed of and lay it, in, and lay it down in front of a priest, that is not an easy thing to do. That's why you should do it. Well, I could just confess to God. Sure. But it's not as humiliating when you go into your bedroom and you close the door and you pray to God and you tell them, my God, I'm heartily sorry. I've, I've sinned terribly against you. Because in, in those occasions, what does God say back? Okay, well, you should do this to get better. No. Very rarely... And if he does show up and say, you should do this to get better, and he doesn't say, you should take your happy behind to Catholic confession and rejoin, and rejoin Holy Mother Church, then it's probably not God who's talking to you. If you can't do that, because here's, <laughs> here's the thing that, that most makes everybody afraid. I won't be able to do the things that I love to do. And that's true. 
Probably because the, t the things that you love to do are intrinsically harmful in the way that you do them. They may not necessarily be intrinsically evil in and of themselves, but you should probably ask yourself, why do I love to do them so much? More importantly, you should ask yourself, why am I not willing to give these things up for the sake of God? Because the moment that you say, well, I'm, I may have to change this, that, or the other, the moment that you confront the fact that you will have to change, if you come back to the Catholic faith, if you return to the church that Christ himself established, the moment you confront that, then you can actually make an intelligent choice. Because it is true that there are many things you will have to give up for your salvation. But if you're not willing to give them up, then you're just like the rich man who went away sad when Christ told him, okay, sell everything that you have and come and follow me. He went away sad because he had a great many possessions and he loved them more than he loved God. Loved his car, his house, his sports ball, his telly, his television, his computer, his phone. He'd rather watch football than pray the rosary. Can't be bothered to actually do stuff for God. And you think you're going to get to heaven like that? If you're not willing to sacrifice stuff for the sake of God, you're not getting to heaven. Because you don't love God more than you love those things. So the guy who won't pray his rosary, but a what? <clears throat> I mean, and it's not even like a rosary takes all that long. A rosary is the same length of time as a, as a football quarter. 15 minutes. The guy who would rather watch football won't even give up the pregame show to pray the rosary. Marvel at that, the pregame show, which is nothing. It's a bunch of boobs talking about stupid stuff that matters not at all. That may not even have a direct effect on the game. And you can't even give up the pregame show to pray your rosary? Get out of here. Do you understand how insane that is? Fifteen, twenty minutes. That's all it takes. If you add in fifteen, twenty minutes of mental prayer and fifteen, twenty minutes of Lectio Divina, you've only spent forty-five minutes. If you decided to do that right at kickoff, the game wouldn't even be over by the time you were done. Think about that. Are you afraid that getting close to the gospel might make you realize that the television shows that you're watching are disgusting? 
Oh, but I gotta have my Game of Thrones. There are no, there's no redemptive qualities in any of the characters in all of Game of Thrones. Certainly not the ones you watch week after week as they commit adultery, incest, genocide. <laughs> oh, but it's a compelling story. Yeah, well, you know, <clears throat> the road to hell is rather compelling. <clears throat> it's easy to get to hell. You put the top down, you enjoy the sunshine, you put the car in cruise control, and you just cruise right down the highway to, se highway to hell. Because conversely, in order to climb the ladder, the stairway to heaven, you actually got to put some effort in on that one. You can't just sit back. And that's the thing that's taken over our entire country. You want to know why the politicians are the way they are? Because we sat back and did nothing. Because they figured out that they could eventually, they figured out that by allowing peaceful protest, they could let you say what you've got to say and do nothing about it. Do you understand that the First Amendment to the Constitution is quite possibly the biggest con ever pulled on any nation, anywhere, on any group of people? It is the biggest con. What are the rights codified in the First Amendment to the Constitution? <clears throat> well, it's the freedom of religion, right? So you can practice any religion, even Satanism, because you can practice any religion. I mean, never mind the fact that the founders had no idea they were opening this door, which is one of the reasons why Protestantism is so evil, is because half the time you're doing something that's going to be to your own destruction and you don't even know it. You think, okay, well, this must be a standard principle. Really? Freedom of religion. That means a Satanist gets the same rights as a Presbyterian. Or a Catholic. Catholics are ardently opposed to abortion. Satanists hold it as a sacrament. And both of those two religions have to coexist in the same country. Despite the fact that they, despite the fact that at a fundamental core, they hate each other. So there goes freedom of religion. That was a con. Freedom of speech. We open this podcast with what statement? With what question? Truth coexisting with lies. You can tell lies. In fact, you get what you want in this country if you tell bigger lies. And you don't even have to worry about being held to account. You're like, ah, whatever, I can do this, that, and the other. We can at least fix this, that, and the other. Nah, boss, you prove that you can't be trusted. If you lied to get into office, you lied when you took your oath. What was that oath? I swear that I will, I solemnly swear that I will uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, I'm sorry, boss, but if you lied to get to where you could take that oath, why would I believe that you wouldn't lie while you're taking the oath? And if you could lie to thousands upon thousands of people to their face, what makes me th what should make me believe that you take an oath before God seriously? And many of you heap coals on your own head when you set when you finish it up and say, "So help me God." Freedom of speech allows truth to coexist with lies, which is impossible. Because eventually, well, they have freedom of speech. Well, the, the cure for fake speech is more speech. Well, the cure for a lie is a punch to the face. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If a liar gets punched in the mouth enough times, every time he opens his mouth, he'll stop lying. But no, we have freedom of speech. So truth is allowed to coexist with lies. And lies are just easier to believe. You want proof? Look at how hard it is to become a saint. Look at what you have to do to become a saint. But you don't have to do any of that if you're willing to lie. You don't have to do any of it. None of that. You don't have to give up your debauchery, your lewdness, your lasciviousness, your blasphemy. You don't have to, <clears throat> oh, hey, by the way, mm, blasphemy. You know, the Ten Commandments are written in, in descending order of importance. That means the first one's the most important. The tenth one is the least important. And where's blasphemy sit in that one? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's number two. That means that blasphemy is exponentially worse than murder, which means that blasphemy is exponentially worse than abortion. But if you have freedom of speech, then you're free to blaspheme, which is worse than murder, which is why it's no wonder that nobody really cares about killing millions of babies every single year. The only actually innocent life on this earth. And we just murder it. It's no big deal. Why? Oh, man, I gotta, I gotta get my groove on, but I couldn't possibly be put in a position where after I get my groove on, I have to raise a family. That's just mean. Freedom of the press. Well, freedom of the press is tied in with freedom of speech. So you can have liars who are printing publications. This is one of the reasons why the Catholic Church had the index of banned books. 
It's not because they were it's not because they were somehow magically managing to stop the promulgation of these lies, but if you know that they're lies going in, then when you read them, you don't take them to heart because they're lies. Because they're harmful to the faith, because they're harmful to reason, because they're harmful to nature. If you know that going in, then you can at least study them and understand the lies. If you don't know that going in, if there is no index of prohibited books, of banned books, I mean, you could at least dive in and go, well, why is this banned? Oh, well, that's definitely contraventive to the faith. Okay, well, that's a big deal. Maybe that's why it's banned. That's contraventive to good order. That's a book of lies. Oh, and they sound so smooth, too. They're so slick. Publishing the index of prohibited books doesn't stop the promulgation of those prohibited books. Oh, it's on the index. Oh, okay, cool. Well, what does that mean? Well, nothing. If people are still willing, willing to print the garbage, it means nothing at all. <clears throat> but at least to say, these people print lies and they're not to be trusted... It means that maybe you don't buy the book. Maybe you swipe the book. And maybe they go out of business. But if you give them freedom of the press, oh, I can print whatever garbage I want. Well, then you can't be surprised when your culture is inundated with trash. So we've covered freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press. What are we missing? The right to peaceful assembly. Now this one's tied in with the fifth right codified by the First Amendment. So before we cover peaceful assembly, let's cover the fifth. The right to petition your government for redress of grievances, which is what the whole peaceful assembly thing is all about to petition the government so that they stop doing the craziness that they're doing. Except, here's the thing. If your government is interested in telling lies, if your government is interested in destroying religion, if your government is interested in making sure that, false, that falsehood is, is the soup du jour every day, then it doesn't matter that you petition the government for redress of the grievances against them. Because they can just ignore you and carry on like nothing's going on. And so long as it's peaceful assembly, they can just ignore you. Oh, yeah, they clogged up the streets of a town for, you know, months. All right, cool, whatever. Business as usual. How many times did that happen? And now that we've crossed the Rubicon and you can actually prove that these things are lies and they can still fix and rig the game against you, what protection do you have? You have none. And the freedom and, and the First Amendment, as codified by the founding fathers, Protestants, nearly every single one of them, and one lukewarm Catholic, Charles Carroll of Carrollton, made sure 
that despite their best efforts, they made it so that you could do nothing. That there's no ability to stand up for the faith. There's no ability to stand up for the truth. There's no ability to stand up for what is right. I mean, you could stand up all day long. Hey, we peacefully assembled. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yay. Nah, bro. That's not how this works. You get far enough away from the truth, and you get your booty spanked. And by booty spanked, I'm being very, very calm and cool and collected by the way I say it, but you actually get thrown down. Drug out into the streets, tarred and feathered, guillotined if need be, whatever, so that we can get back to the truth. And if that means that we have to fight a bloody war across the whole continent so that we can reestablish and re-enthrone truth on his throne, here am I, Lord. Send me. <clears throat> and the reason why I'm targeting the First Amendment, not all the other amendments, is because if you notice, once they don't care about all of the stuff going on in the First Amendment, the rest of it falls apart. It doesn't even matter. Oh, you have the right to bear arms. Well, actually, you have more than that. The security of a free state being, <clears throat> excuse me, A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, except we fringed the heck out of it. Shall not be infringed. How many times have we said registration precursor is a precursor to confiscation? And yet, we still do it. We didn't do it on purpose. Instead, the government deciding that they would just steal it just stole it. But we're going to go ahead and audit all of these, all of these, uh, you know, federally licensed firearms dealers. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, now we're just going to go ahead and take all those records and keep them for ourselves. Oh, okay, no outcry. What should have actually happened is the first time they did it, we should have marched on, we should have marched on ATF headquarters and burnt it down. Unlawful search and seizure? Huh, interesting. We keep having that fight, and yet, weird, they keep moving forward. Edward Snowden, 10 years ago, comes out and says, hey, they're keeping all your data and they're spying on you. We do what? Oh, nothing. Well, if you're not a terrorist, then you have nothing to fear. Actually, you kind of do. Period. Full stop. The right to a quick trial? Hmm. You know, we have hundreds of people who are still incarcerated, who are still being held in prison for misdemeanors. It's been a year and a half. Excuse me. We're on two years now. In four days, it'll be two years. Most of these people will have been incarcerated for nearly two full years for charges that are going to net them 12 weeks, 16 weeks, three to four months at most. Two years. Oh yeah, that trial's going real quick. Oh. Plead the fifth, not incriminate yourself? 
But what happens when they seize your cell phone? What happens when they download your Facebook? What happens when they go through your Instagram? What happens when they go through your hard drive? Oh, but they could do that because they have probable cause. Probable cause of what? A thought crime? <clears throat> oh, hey, by the way, if we were running things as a Catholic manner, then the FBI, you know what they would actually be kicking down the door, door of? They wouldn't be kicking down the door, <clears throat> excuse me, showing up at people's houses with 25 SWAT team members to arrest pro-lifers. If this was a Catholic country, they would be showing up with 25 SWAT team members to raid porn studios. Because all pornography is unlawful exploitation. Not just child pornography, all. We would have federal agents who were, who were raiding the houses of billionaires. Why? Because they're pedos. Oh, but we couldn't bother doing that. Oh, no, we can't do that. We can't arrest John Podesta for his obvious degeneracy. Because he's too powerful. Why was he allowed to get that powerful? Well, for starters, this wasn't a Catholic country. Not ever. Oh, yes. The idea of America was founded on fundamentally Christian values. Values which you can only get from the Catholic Church. But all of those little protections in the Bill of Rights, all of those little things, well, it turned out in 1914, we could just change all that. And we did. We changed it so that the income tax, which is the most, <clears throat> I would say between that and the property tax are the two most evil taxes ever to exist. Why? Because if, you, because if you don't pay your property tax, you get your land taken from you, which means it's not your land, you're just paying rent. And your income tax, and the income tax, literally means that your work doesn't belong to you, it belongs first to the government. You can't even pay your tithe properly because you don't even get to render your first fruits to God because the government has already dipped in and took theirs by the time you even get your paycheck. How is that right? Short answer, it's not. And all of these things, this isn't a result of Catholicism. Catholicism would never allow any of this. If you, if, you were to, if you were to redo the Constitution under canon law, the whole of the Constitution would look fundamentally different. And the justice system wouldn't be as broken. Well, the Constitution is based on British common law. No, actually, it's really not. It was at the start. And in British common law, as founded by Henry II Plantagenet, the Catholic Henry... When you were tried in front of a jury of your peers, those were your peers. They were people who actually knew you. People who actually knew who you wronged. That means that on a typical jury, you would get six people who know you personally and six people who know the other party personally. If not all 12, knowing personally both of you. Which means that when they go to hand out justice, it's mitigated by the fact that they want to have mercy on the two of you. Because they know you both. That's Catholic common law.
Is it perfect? No, but it's it's a whole lot better than what we got today because what we have today are district attorneys who won't even prosecute actual people who are killing people. Which is no surprise because all of them support abortion. So they already supported the murder of the innocent. The fact that they don't bring anybody to trial, secondary. A Catholic constitution, you would never get prohibition. Not ever. But under a Catholic constitution, when the cartels start raiding through the southern border, you know what happens? An army goes down and raids the cartels and annihilates them. They then become obliterated and turned into a footnote in history. They are not allowed to promulgate. They are not allowed to benefit financially on the suffering of all of these people that they're pushing across the border. And they most certainly wouldn't be allowed to put that poison in our country. But conveniently, and here's where it goes one step further. If America were a Catholic country, then it would be a Catholic country from the Arctic to the Antarctic and from sea to shining sea. And there would be no cartel. There would be no cartel. There would be no no Santa Muerte. There would be no MS-13. And likewise, there would be no communism. There would be no socialism. Che Guevara would have had nowhere to go. He'd have had to he'd have had to go fulfill his wild sex fantasies, killing people. I don't know in some foreign war somewhere. But he most certainly would not have been allowed to exist in a Catholic Cuba. Jeffrey Dahmer, not a thing. Ted Kaczynski, not a thing. Why? Ted Kaczynski would not be a thing because we would already have the laws in place to fundamentally make sure that those disorders that are permeating our society have mitigants, have things to mitigate the impact that they're having. Why? Because we would have saints. We would have people striving for salvation. In the history of the world, there was never a Ted Kaczynski until there was a United States of America. Let that... I mean, we had bombs for hundreds of years. And it would take the existence of explosives for more than 400 years before there was a Ted Kaczynski. Don't you think that's kind of important? Isn't it weird that in the Catholic world, it wasn't until the introduction of communism and Protestantism that all of these things really started going off the rails and just not getting any better? If the whole of the Holy Roman Empire under Kaiser Wilhelm was still Catholic, World War I would have never happened. If Britain was still Catholic, World War I would have never happened. If America had been Catholic, World War I would have never happened. You know who started World War I? Communists. Not 
card-carrying communists, people who had already given in to communism in their hearts, through their thoughts, their words, and their deeds. They'd already taken the mark of the beast. And they took that mark of the beast and they started the war to supposedly end all wars. And then more people took that mark of the beast and we went through it again, 15, 20 years later. And since then, we wrap, we wrap up in 1945 and in 1950, we're back at it again. And in 1955, we're back at it again. And in 1960, we're back at it again. And in 1970, we're back at it again. And in 1975, we're back at it again. And in 1979, oh crap, it just spread to a whole new part of the world and we're back at it again. In 1980, again. 90, again. 2000, again. And who, who was it who was at the vanguard of all of those wars? Think about this for just a moment. Who was it who was at the vanguard of all of those wars from 1950 until 2020? Oh, crap. It was America. Weird. An arrogant, greedy, prideful nation that have rejected the Catholic Church was at the vanguard of all of those wars. And make no mistake, I mean, we're, you know, we're not on the front lines in Ukraine, but we're at the vanguard of the war in Ukraine. But you can't tackle that because then you have to question everything. Who started the war in Korea? Who decided they needed to stand up to this thing that they'd created? Weird. And I'm sure there's some of you who are going to try and contest the creation of communism coming out of coming out of the Freemasons. Just look up the Frankfurt School. It'll answer all the questions. It'll answer all the questions and it'll point you in the direction <clears throat> where all this crap started. Because Marx started Marxism, yes, and Marxism wasn't communism. <laughs> Spent 20 years fighting those wars before it was finally lifted off the, the scales, finally got lifted off of my eyes, and I started to realize, oh crap, we're the baddies. And we're not the baddies because what we were trying to do was inherently evil. We're the baddies because we'd completely come unmoored from the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Completely unmoored. We were unmoored at, our, at the founding of our nation, and we've completely gone off the rails since. And we've gone off the rails. Why? But here's the thing. Per capita, America has more baptized Catholics, I think, in it than any other country particularly those that were founded on the principles of immigration, we have more, we have a wider diversity of the different types of Catholics all, from all over the world. Baptized Catholics from Africa, from Europe, from Russia. We have baptized Catholics from all over the world. And every, and 
with the exception of a very small minority, roughly 8% of the Catholics who still practice the faith, the other 92% have fallen away from the faith and they've completely bought hook, line, and sinker the garbage of the Freemasonic founding of this nation to include some supposed trads like Skaterbra. It was like, oh, well, after World War II, history, U.S. history is a lie. Really? Because it was a lie before World War II. Woodrow Wilson was a lie. Our entry into the First World War was a lie. The Spanish-American War was predicated on lies. Our intermixing it with the, Mexi with the U.S.-Mexican War in the 1870s was predicated on lies. Lies specifically designed to destroy the Catholic Church. That's how you got the San Patricios for crying out loud. The San Patricios, who were Irish Catholics in the American army, who realized that they weren't, per they weren't going after the Mexicans, they were going after the Catholic Church, they were fighting Catholicism. That's in the 1870s. In the 1860s, oh, well, we fought the Civil War and that was a good thing. Well, yeah, kind of. About 150, 200, 300 years too late. Completely neglecting. That the Pope himself in the 1500s said, no, the enslaving of, the, the enslaving of indigenous populations of, of outsider groups is absolutely unacceptable. And if you do, under no circumstances whatsoever, can they be Catholic and be a slave. And if you do own slaves, because it's not to say that we weren't going to own slaves anyway, if you do own slaves, it is your responsibility as a Catholic to catechize them and to bring them up in the faith. And when they convert, you must release them. And if you happen to be one of those degenerates who absolutely, I mean, you can't keep it in your pants, so you absolutely got to foist yourself upon your slave girl, congratulations. When they give birth, you're required to baptize them in the faith, catechize them in the church, and give them heir and inheritance as your legitimate child. Does that sound like a rule set that's designed to promulgate slavery across the world? Or does that instead sound like a rule set that's specifically designed to observe and respect the fact that every man, every human being on this earth was created in the image and likeness of God and will be treated with the diligence and respect that they, are, that they deserve based on that fact more than any other? Oh, well, the Protestant blah, 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 blah. We fought a war. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Cool. By the time you fought that, by the time Britain got around to launching the, the anti-slaving ships, France had already banished slavery. By the time the Americans finally picked up weapons and said, okay, we got to put an end to this, the church had already condemned slavery. Oh, well, what about all these people? Well, what about them? They were condemned by their actions, excommunicated, outside the church. Probably went to hell because they probably didn't confess it because they didn't know any better because we were just doing what everybody else did. Cool, that's the road to hell. It's doing what everybody else does. Corpses float down the river. Live bodies swim, swim upstream. Live bodies fight the current. Corpses just go with it. Just go with the flow. I really didn't expect this to be such a drastic history lesson, but I suppose it would have to be. It's time we put the nails in the coffin. It's time we buried this lie. 
America is not a Catholic nation. It is specifically an anti-Catholic nation. And if you're a Catholic, then what you're looking for, what you're praying for, is not the resurrection of America the Great, but the baptism of your country. The circumcision of the heart of your country. The repentance of your country. The confession of your country. Otherwise, read it its last rites and let it go to hell. And for the Protestants out there who are like, oh, that can't be true, look it up, boss. It was American meddling in the Cristero War that caused that to go the route that it went. It was American meddling in Central and South America that fomented the rise in communism all the way down, all the way down. Do you understand how stupid you have to be to foment such a destructive, <clears throat> such a destructive concept as communism, starting at your your southern border, your next door neighbor, and stretching it the whole way down the continent, and think at some point the chickens weren't going to come home to roost? Do you understand how stupid you are for that? Not you personally, but America as a country. Well, congratulations, America. Communism's chickens have come home to roost, right back where they started. We exported it. Yeah, sure, some German dude cooked it up, and then we kind of baked it, shaked it. You know, we we you know we we wrapped it in a little plastic baggie, mixed in some extra seasoning, shook shook it a whole bunch, stu stuck it in the oven, and as soon as it was done cooking, we sent that joker all the way to Moscow. But not to be outdone, we actually broke off a couple of pieces of that chicken and and dropped it off in Germany. Made sure the Brits put their stamp of approval on it on the way. And you're surprised these things happened? Get out of town. You're out of your mind. And Russia was spread errors. Yeah, that is true. Errors, plural. It's not just communism. Material atheism, Darwinism, evolution, the idea that we the idea that a fully formed human being would pop out walking and talking like a man from any form of monkey is ridiculous. Oh, you could train a monkey. We, as the higher being, can train the monkey, the lesser being. But you're going to tell me that some orangutan gave birth and some dude walked away? Walking and talking? You're out of your mind. That's stupid. Well, it wasn't the orangutan. It doesn't matter what it was. Not a chimp, not an orangutan, not a gorilla, not one of them, not one, would be able to give birth to a fully formed human, capable of speech, capable of using tools, capable of building a civilization, capable of even being able to build a home. Forget a whole civilization. Let's just start with the tent. Errors. If what I've said is painful, it's the truth. If you're a Catholic, you're like, that can't possibly be true. Do the research. It's all there. If you're a Protestant, come at me, bruh. 
if you want to. I'm going to pick apart every last one of your little Protestant Rosicrucian Freemasonic lies. I will vivisect them right on the table for all to see. Of course, <laughs> this is a very small podcast, so the likelihood that somebody who would be willing to come back and fight back along those lines is actually uh, would actually hear it and be able to do so is actually kind of slim to none. And by the time they figure it out, it'll be far too late. Because this is 2023. And the clock is ticking. And it's almost a wrap. And if you think that we're going to make it through 2000... Because keep in mind, this is what you have to look at. We don't have a recall for the president. The closest we can get to is a 25th Amendment to pull this president out of office. And then what do you get? You get the vice president. So this agenda is going to carry at least until 2024. And the <clears throat> conservatives in Congress just made sure that there was no way that the people who just got elected are going to be able to do anything even remotely close to putting the brakes on what's currently happening happening in the country. By the time they get their hands on it, it will be done. The housing market is set to collapse this year. The commodities market is set to collapse this year. Most of this stuff is set to collapse before this Congress will even be able to put together something to head us in the other direction. And they won't be able to put it in the... And they won't be able to because, hey, guess what? <laughs> they don't have control of the purse strings in the way that they need to in order to stop dude in the White House from just vetoing it. So it doesn't even matter. At this point, we are on autopilot towards our own destruction. They pointed the aircraft at Mount Everest and they set the autopilot and now... We're not going anywhere. Because even though we could get some new pilots in there, they poured water on the controls and the autopilot's just stuck. Congratulations, it is done. Or, in the words of our Lord, it is finished. <sighs> At this point, we need to be praying for the three days of darkness. At this point, these people either need to convert or move on to their eternal reward, and quickly. At this point, buckle up, because we're going down. And until we're willing to really do something about it, which I don't see that actually happening until all of these things that they've put into play finish until they do that there's no end in sight well I mean there's the end in sight but there's no end in sight for what's currently happening they rigged all the levers and even though they're not in the cockpit anymore the people who are now running the show aren't really running the show because by the time they're able to do anything, it will be too late.
They just passed the budget in this lame deck set in a lame duck session. This budget will carry us all the way through until 2024. If you think, <clears throat> if you think anything's going to stop and turn around, it's too late. It's done. It's done. And I knew it was done back in June. Gives me no comfort. I really wish, uh, Heavenly Father, I wish I was wrong. You know how happy I would be to be wrong right now? I'd be dancing in the streets. You couldn't, you wouldn't be able to take away the jubilation. But I got to choose between jubilation and the peace and knowing that I'm trying to do everything that we can to make sure that we save as many souls as possible. I'll take this one. much rather the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ over the jubilation of having managed to avert some kind of disaster without with and this is the key thing without us having repented of our sins because every time we avert disaster it's like St. Augustine said in fact actually I want to read the prayer of St. Augustine and you tell me if this sounds about right and by the way this prayer is in the is in the Missale Romanum. It's in the Roman Missal that's promul that's uh, promulgated by the Society of Saint Pius X. This is the prayer for the United States of America, and it's a prayer of Saint Augustine, written in 430 Anno Domini. Before thine eyes, O Lord, we bring our sins and we compare them with the stripes we have received. If we examine the evil we have wrought, what we suffer is little. What we deserve is great. What we have committed is very grievous. What we have suffered is very slight. We feel the punishment of sin, yet withdraw not from the obstinacy of sinning. Under thy lash our inconstancy is, our inconstancy is visited, but our sinfulness is not changed. Our suffering soul is tormented, but our neck is not bent. Our life groans under sorrow, yet amends not indeed. If thou spare us, we correct not our ways. If thou punish, we cannot endure it. In time of correction, we confess our wrongdoing. After thy visitation, we forget that we have wept. If thou stretchest forth thy hand, we promise amendment. If thou withholdest the sword, we keep not our promise. If thou strikest, we come out, we cry out for mercy. If thou sparest, we again provoke thee to strike. Here we are before thee, O Lord, confessedly guilty. We know that unless thou pardon, we shall deservedly perish. Grant then, O Almighty Father, without our deserving it, the pardon we ask. Thou who madest out of nothing those who ask. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. If you stretch forth our hand, we promise to change. But if you withhold the sword, we go back on that promise. It's fundamentally part of the human condition. Deal not with us, O Lord, according to our sins, neither reward us according to our iniquities. 
And then we commit ourselves, because this is the, the let us pray that's added in here is a commitment. Let us pray. O God, who by sin art offended and by penance pacified, mercifully regard the prayers of thy suppliant people and turn away the scourges of thy wrath, which we deserve for our sins. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The commitment there is to do the penance. And in the last 100 years, have we? Or have we not just run full on into the chastisements of our Lord? If he were to hold back his punishment this time, would we change? I contest that that answer is no. If he were to hold back his punishment at this point, we would not change. We would just go full bore off into the darkness. And if he were to let this go on for too much longer, there would be nothing left. For who, O Lord, will sing your praises in hell? No one. There's a wise crack made by a Protestant that I thoroughly actually believe is true, is that if God does not punish us for our sins, then at some point he's going to have to go back and say, you know, maybe I was too harsh with Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I don't think he'll have to do that. I think what's actually true is he's going to punish us. And we're going to get hit hard. And most of us are not going to be able to stand it. Most of us will not be left alive or standing when this is all said and done. But the fact is, is that punishment is coming quicker. And the more he holds back, and the more we're foolish enough to beg him to hold back, the worse it's going to get. And if you don't think it could get worse, then apparently you haven't read anything about history. And you fail to understand how much bloodshed and carnage, death, destruction, and devastation all of these revolutions have actually had in the other nations who have fallen subject to them. And if you think that we're going to somehow miss it because we're America, you're out of your mind. We created them. And our punishment is by far going to be much more harsh than anything endured by the Cristeros, anything endured by the Vendée, anything endured by the Papal Zouaves, anything endured by the Jews in the Holocaust, anything endured by the Soviets in the Holodomor. We created this monster. And if you've ever read Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, it's always worse when the monster finally makes its way home. Pray for the church. Pray for the conversion of the Holy Father because he's clearly um, among the things I failed to announce. I think I actually said it in passing, but apparently he came out this last week talking about how if he were to describe himself in a socio-political standpoint, he's a communist and he believes that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is a communist. Which is not Catholic. 
The clarion call has not been any clearer. We're here. This is it. Why do they keep coming out and saying, oh, well, the, well, the Chinese, the, the CCP, actually seems to understand what Catholic social teaching is. It's because they're communists themselves, and they have no understanding of the faith. They have no understanding of what was taught. They have no understanding of the evils of communism, of course, because they, they're actually just subject to it. They believe it. They didn't create it, and they haven't watched it from around the world. They could care less, in all honesty. So pray for their conversion. Because if, if the Vatican is no longer standing up to material atheism and secularism because they believe it, no earthly help is coming. So pray. Get yourself in a state of grace. Get your family in a state of grace. And pray. It's time that we became heroic Catholics. Because if there's anything that's going to spare even a remote part of the world, it's going to be the blood of our Catholic heroes. And if there are none, then in truth, there's no supernatural help coming either because there's no one on this earth to merit it. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.